House Republicans unveiled their bill to overhaul the American tax system yesterday. The bill contains provisions, among other things, to substantially lower corporate tax rates, consolidate individual tax rates, eliminate the alternative minimum tax, phase out the estate tax, uh, eliminate the deduction for state and local income taxes, and cap the mortgage interest deduction. Congress's Joint Committee on Taxation estimates that the bill would cost about $1.51 trillion over the next decade. And many think this is unlikely to be the final bill, and the prospects for a plan like this bill in the Senate, if it gets that far, are unclear. Here to talk with us about the proposed tax bill and what happens from here are Richard Schmalbeck, a professor at Duke University Law School, and Tim Spies, a partner at Eisner Amper. Richard, the, the estimate on the bill at this point is that it would cost about $1.51 trillion over the next uh, decade. What is it that... Is there a significance to that number in particular? Um, well, I'm not sure exactly what you mean, but I, I did notice that the uh, revenue losses associated with the basic cuts in the corporate uh, tax rates uh, plus the expensing are, are just about that number. So one way to conceive of this bill is that uh, it's got a big tax for uh, cut for for business income offset by uh, all, the, uh, all the other provisions of the code are kind of uh, collectively revenue neutral. You've got a bunch of loophole closers, uh, and then you've got a bunch of, of things that will give away revenue. But uh, the one thing that, that kind of sticks out is the uh, cut in the corporate rates. So, Tim, where is the money coming from, the, the tax cuts? Where is that money coming from? Well, I think the cuts, and first, thank you for uh, for having me this afternoon. I think the cuts are coming from uh, basically the offside of, of, of really the disallowed expenses. I mean, when you look through this, and I know that we want to keep this somewhat brisk, but um, there's going to be a lot of deductions. State and local was always talked about. Um, the state and local deduction sales tax would be eliminated, uh, which is important. And they would still be allowed, though, however, were they're uh, deducted in the context of carrying on a trade or business. The deductions that we spoke about probably throughout the whole season, medical expense deductions would still be be repealed, uh, carry loss deductions, of course, mortgage interest. So, so it's really coming the other way. So uh, tax rates are being reduced, but then you're also taking away, in the simplest way to look at this, uh, key itemized deductions. Although there is some relaxation here, and not mentioned yet was the fact that the mortgage limits uh, on mortgage debt would be reduced to 500000 and uh, that's silly, currently sitting at 1.1. And charitable contributions, I mean, that was said all along that that would never be touched. Uh, and in fact, the limitation, the current 50% limitation that someone could deduct, 50% of their AGI, would actually be increased uh, to 60%. So I believe that, uh, as said by the uh, other gentleman, it's been uh, a dance within a window, so to speak, that making sure the revenue offsets and um, the cuts equal each other so you don't have them out of alignment. Well, Richard, the, um, you, know, you can imagine two different places that the bill could run into some issues. One is that, you know, the one and a half trillion dollars is a lot is a, a lot of money um, for the deficit. And you have deficit hawks in both the House and the Senate who might have issues with that. And the other is in the um, some of the specific uh, revenue offsets that we're talking about here. Where, where do you think that the primary 
resistance to this bill will come from. Which, um, are you directing that to me? Yeah, Richard. Well, certainly uh, uh, home builders and realtors are going to object to this, uh, even though the mortgage interest deduction has been mostly retained. One of the effects of the bill, by, by nearly doubling the standard deduction and then chipping away at the various things that constituted itemized deductions, uh, you're going to radically reduce the number of people who are in a position to take advantage of itemizing. It's currently about 30% of taxpayers who itemize, but uh, I've been looking at some numbers, and, and I, I can't see how it could possibly be more than 10% under this bill and might be as little as 5%. And that means that uh, even though we've preserved the charitable contribution deduction, uh, it only applies to itemizers, and if only 5% of taxpayers are itemizing, then the other 95% have no uh, particular tax incentive to make contributions. And the same is true effectively with respect to mortgage interest deductions. They're theoretically deductible, but again, only if you itemize, and if only 5% of people itemize, then that um, deduction, which has substantially reduced the cost of uh, home ownership for um, basically just about as long as we've had our tax system, uh, will disappear for the 95% of taxpayers who don't itemize. And uh, Tim, in about 30 seconds, how do you, how do you, do you agree with that? Well, first, yes. I, I, yes, in the sense that we always have to be looking at the percentage of U.S. taxpayers, Treasury has these records, of course, that itemize in the first place. And if you've now diminished the benefit of itemizing, it's, uh, it's certainly logical to say that you'll have fewer itemizers. But amongst those ones that do itemize, uh, I mean, there's still, there's still windows here and opportunity. I mean, remember when we, we began this whole process, it was said that uh, the only thing that was going to be allowed, one of them was going to be charity and mortgage interest. We are talking with Richard Schmalbach, a professor at Duke University Law School, and Tim Spies, a partner at Eisner Amper, about the House tax bill, uh, which will lower corporate tax rates if passed, uh, consolidate individual tax rates, eliminate a number or phase out uh, some uh, taxes and eliminate or phase out some deductions. Uh, a whole host of different things which we've been talking about, and we're going to uh, let's let's turn to some of the specific things that are in the bill, Tim. Uh, one of the more interesting issues that I think the bill raises is how it's dealing with pass-through corporations. This is right. a, this is a place where the uh, it appears that the House bill is trying to give a break to people who have pass-through corporations, but um, prevent uh, sort of predictable abuse of the of the of a lower pass-through rate. Explain what's going on here and what the bill does about it. Right, and that's a great question. There's been a lot of uh, talking about this the whole legislative cycle. So basically what, it, what the provision provides is that um, a portion of net income distributions from pass-through entities, we should talk about what that is, but that's going to be taxed at a maximum rate of 25% instead of the normal, normal graduated systems presently in place, which uh, goes off all the way up to 396 um, and that would be for effective starting in 2018. The, the bill has provisions to prevent individuals from converting wage income into pass-through distributions. And so that's the rate. Um, it's, the concern is that you're going to have non-intended income be taxed at this favorable 25% rate. Um, and that's really that's really going to remain remain a, 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 an element of concern probably until we have regulations that better define it. Um, 
income from non-passive business activities, which we've had those already, owners and shareholders, uh, would be able to elect to treat, uh, say, 30% of the income for the 30% rate. So this, this I think, we think at Eisenhower is going to deserve some further scrutiny. But right now, that's what the legislature says, a favorable tax rate at uh, 25% on pass-through entities. Rich, the provision to scrap uh, most deductions for state and local taxes has been the most fiercely contested uh, so far. Given that Republicans can only lose 22 votes and still pass the bill, what's the likelihood that this might be a hold uh, stand out as one of the things holding up the bill? Well, I'm sure it is a concern. Um, there are Republican congressmen in California, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, uh, some other high-tax states, and uh, they'll, they'll have a tough choice to make. Uh, there aren't a large number of congressmen from those states, though. Those are basically blue states, and most of their congressmen, and I think virtually all of their senators, are Democrats. And uh, the administration and the House leadership is not counting on much support from Democrats anyway. But there'll be some. Uh, that, that's one of several sources that could be chipped off. You've got the deficit hawks. You've got the people from the, the blue states, even if they're Republicans. Uh, you've got people who will be listening to the National Association of Home Builders because that's important uh, to their particular constituency. So there are lots of ways that uh, the bill could lose support. But um, exactly how the math will break out uh, remains to be seen. Tim, uh, you know, in any tax bill, you're going to have a lot of policy, right? It's not, it's not right. just a numbers game. It's making decisions about what kind of uh, activities you want to provide credits for, what you want to tax, how much. Um, one of the things that's kind of interesting here is what the bill does about energy tax credits. You know, there have been a lot of alternative energy tax credits in the code for a while now. What does, what does it do in terms of oil and gas and, uh, and alternative energy? Right. Well, we're we're going to be looking at that most more closely, I should say. There, there's really not. If you look in the in the top end provisions of the legislation, and and let's keep in mind, this is going to be it's going to be a short course, but a somewhat in depth course to get anything signed into law, in t in context of the oil and gas industries and so forth. But the the real the real credit focus, um, and I'm sure I'm sure everyone's read it, or at least the persons on this call. Is really I don't I can't speak to that as far as the energy uh, industry and provisions and so forth. I'm sure I'm sure that's going to be a consideration. The, the items that are going to be affecting most, if not all, but most uh, percentage of the population, U.S. persons, is going to be the various credits that have been repealed and those that are going to be increased. I mean, the good news here is the child tax credit is going to be increased from a thousand to sixteen hundred dollars. The American Hope American Opportunity Tax Credit. Many of you remember this. Uh, we looked at this really. That that's really designed to provide education benefits. Uh, a lot of these are going to be still in place, by the way. So that's rather important. But as far as the oil and gas industry and some of the other uh, industries, um, we haven't looked at that yet. But that will be coming in a later analysis. Uh, Rich, just in about 30 seconds, is this bill even likely to have a future with the Senate? 
Uh, you know, I'm not uh, a political scientist, so uh, I don't know. They they don't have much of a margin in the Senate at all. So I mentioned the several different groups that could be sources of votes being stripped off, and, and they just don't have much margin to work with. So um, it seems like a long shot to me. Uh, I think uh, possibilities exist for, for maybe some compromises on some of these things that might make the bill acceptable to enough people to pass it. It's going to be very difficult, though. All right. Thank you very much to Rich Schmalbeck, a professor at Duke Law School, and Tim Spice of Eisner Amper for being here on Bloomberg Law. Coming up, is the Department of Justice going to sue to block the Time Warner AT&T merger, or are they just trying to be tougher in negotiations? That's coming up on Bloomberg Law. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg. 